Raisin Man Arena. Yeah, first couple times we did the podcast, Felipe's blood pressure would be through the roof. You yeah. Know? I don't think he even, he, he didn't know where that button even was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back then, starting the podcast was enough to bring me into sort of hypomanic spike. And now, <laughs> I, I, I just about... Oh! Went to, oh what the oh, fuck is no. happening? All right. <laughs> the, TV, the TV that we, we kind of monitor, I sat we, on the we remote. We have a kind of remote where if you, like, touch it in the most gentle way, it will immediately change whatever you're watching, fuck up the mm-hmm. TV in some way. Yeah, break the TV permanently. Yeah. Anyways. If you graze it. Oh, look, my mom's in the chat. Congrats, she says. Congrats to you (laughs) (laughs) for being first time. Congrats. First time listener live. That's cool. Well, welcome to Raisin Man Arena. Welcome to uh, everybody who's tuning in live. And if you're tuning in at home, um, welcome to you too. I was going to say something funny. Couldn't think of it. (laughs) Today. You're going to notice a lot less feminine energy. Good. Why is, yeah, <laughs> just me and Sam. Uh, I can sometimes bring a kind of feminine energy, though. Yeah, yeah. And so can I. Yes, that's true. Bro, we both have, you know, everyone, that's has, true. everyone has two sides. Yes. The masculine and the feminine yes. within them. Two essential, uh, archetypical sort of. You know, did you know that it, there is a kind of two spirit concept in every culture? In every culture? Even <laughs> yes. in American culture? Yes, American culture, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and what's the concept? Well, it's just, you know, that you, you have two sides to you. I, I mean, I don't you think that's two actually... Spe- I, I realized that this... I would, I, I'm saying an offhanded, sort of like a joke sort of off the cuff, but I realized, you know, two-spirit is a sort of touchy subject. Oh, I because see. Because it's like a the Native American version oh, of a I, kind of... I, I think a kind of... Not transness, because it's about embodying both but i remember there was that whole discourse where you could like where where they were like white people need to stop calling themselves two-spirit oh i remember to like find your own thing and then then people started posting like oh actually like in ancient celtic tradition there's like a kind of white version (laughs) of two-spirit and then like everyone found their own thing (laughs) i mean that's the way it's got to be you got to find a thing in your own yeah. In your own ethnic heritage. Yeah. <laughs> that that confirms whatever. Yeah. Well, it's too bad you dropped the bit because I was going to ask you if you can make the spirits come out and like battle like in Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, they can do that in the Norse, the Norse version that I hail from. So if you're Norse, you can make the spirits battle. But if you're any other. The god, the god of, o- god Odin and the god, um, <sighs> Fuck, what's another Viking? Thor, Loki. Loki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. They, they'll they battle each Bro, other. Bro, Loki. Thick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have any interest in seeing Norseman? Yeah, absolutely. You want to go see it? We should. It let's, is. A- let's just go on one, two, three movies and watch it on the Twitch. <laughs> okay. Cool. We rate <laughs> we it. We rate it. Thing. I want to see it because it's about my people, you know. And oh, Francesca's listening. And for it's the first about time. me growing up, how, how it was like for me to grow up and stuff, you know. <laughs> in uh, in Brookline, Boston. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone came and like killed my father, and I had to spend twenty years on like a long boat rowing yeah. around Iceland and Ireland and stuff. Welcome, Francesca. Yeah, man, dude, I, I want to take you to the Norseman and see tears coming down here. <laughs> yeah, 
exactly. Your face. Exactly. No, I, I, I'm very interested. I don't know when the last time I went to the movie theater was. You, you saw Ambulance the other day. Yeah. You like it? Bro, the tickets were $20. No. What? What happened? Dude, how much did they used to be? Remember when tickets were $8? Yeah. Well, dude, movie that was theaters a are dying. Yeah. We got to bring them back. It's, it was insane. And then the popcorn experience was, <laughs> was so, you know, Matt, Matt and Will and I go and we're like, okay, you know, we're going to, we're going to see ambulance. We're going to do it up, have a guy's night. So we go to the bar, we each get like $16 beers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where, what, is this Alamo? We're, no, it's in the Regal Essex location. In the, you went all the, the way to in, Essex, England? <laughs> Yeah, we took a we took a trip, and you had a warm beer. Yeah, (laughs) no the the one in the um, Lower East Side, and uh, so we went, and so we're chilling, and it's like it's it's like a nightclub vibe. They have like neon lights and like leather chairs and a whole lounge, but it's. Wednesday night, so nobody <laughs> is there except us. And you can like see it's qu- it's it's high enough up that you can like see uh, like the skyline and stuff like that. Whoa! So we have this like whole club experience to ourselves. <laughs> um, and we're sipping on these beers, and then we go up and we're gonna get some concessions. And Will was, I was like, "Can I have some popcorn?" Will brought bought the small popcorn, and I was like, "Can I have some popcorn as well?" She says okay, do you want a small, medium, or large? And I was like, I'll have a medium because I'm buying enough for everybody. And she goes, okay, well, we're out of the medium. So you can either get a small, which is like a teeny tiny bag of popcorn, or you can get the large, which is a massive tub. And if you finish it, you get a free refill. But that's only for the large. <laughs> so they're basically. Wait, this sounds like they 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 ran out. Wink, wink of the medium. Totally, they're really upselling you. Totally, it's like they're either like you can have a teeny tiny amount of popcorn for five dollars, or for ten dollars you can have infinite unlimited popcorn. popcorn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was like, I'll just get the unlimited. So I got this huge tub, and then we went to the movie theater, and then we saw Ambulance, which was. It's an insanely bad movie, but it's very thrilling. Entirely Everybody's thought. saying it's good. It's it's like all there. Are, there's no like downs down scene. Basically, the first seven or eight minutes is set up, and then you're in a car chase for the rest of the movie. Cool. Um, Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's great. But I was eating popcorn the whole time, and I, I started to get a stomach ache about two <laughs> thirds of the way through. You, bro, you know I was wanting to get that free refill. Yeah, <laughs> you were like, I gotta get to the second. I gotta get to the second tub. <laughs> You're like eating like, like that second tub's gonna taste so good. <laughs> so it was, um, yeah. But twenty dollars is too much to see a movie, especially. Gabby was making fun of me for this, but you shouldn't be paying. 20 bucks to see a Michael Bay film, you know? I know, but you know what? And I, I wanted to really quick go to the... I, I forgot to say this. The reason Sarah's not on... Yes. Is that she is. Well, can we say? Yeah. She has COVID, but she's on day eight. Yeah, so she's about to be all good. About to be all good. You, you in fact, can... I've read, because you can... They've bumped down the, the incubation period to eight days. But I didn't... I didn't want to push Sarah, you know, past her limits. No. And I mean, no, honestly, I didn't. You were scared. I'm not scared, but I was like. You were a little scared. 
No. <laughs> I'm not scared, man. Bro, this was this was your knees right now. They're shaking me. Clicking, clacking. Yeah, that's their acrobat. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, my teeth were chattering. Uh, let's see. Sarah, oh, no. Francesca and Sarah are talking in the chat about their symptoms. It seems like they're both more or less good. So that's the reason she's not on. I just wanted to say because we started talking about why she's not on. Didn't finish it out. Yeah. And it's going to be like that the whole podcast. We're going to be sort of jumping around topics. Yeah. Starting stuff, topics, so. forgetting them. Yeah. Finishing them later. It's going to be like a kind of like a kind of Alzheimer's-esque. So the whole thing was on drone. Most of it. There's a lot of scenes on drone footage. And that was honestly the best part. And I was like, Michael Bay should lean into that more. Like just do, there were scenes that were inside of rooms. In interior scenes that were shot on drone footage. Really? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Where the drone would be like zooming around <laughs> the room. That's so funny because I wonder if like they had to ADR it because if you just used in the room sound, you just hear yeah, yeah. the whole time. It, and it actually, maybe he should have left that little sound in or added it. He ADRs it, but he adds the little... <laughs> the whole movie. <laughs> and then it, sometimes the drone hits hits a wall and goes... Yeah. It must be... When they when they invented... when In 2008, when Barack Obama was undergoing all that... Um, the The... All that drone stuff was coming out about mm -hmm. how he was like using drones in Afghanistan instead of troops and... He was, that was his first thing that like on the left, people were giving him heat for. Mm -hmm. Catching heat on the left. Who knew that that same technology mm -hmm. that was so hated by the left, not 15 years ago, would now be used to, to be making art. Yeah. Would be celebrated by that same set, by that self same left. Yes, exactly. And you know, now I'm like, well, you know, maybe it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, that's that's like how all the, you know, all the stuff that's inside of the iPhone, all the technology of the iPhone can it was actually originally created by the military. I mean, yeah, the Department of Defense is the Internet, satellites, microwaves, the microwave sitting in your house that you're going to warm up your your little hot, your disgusting hot pocket with. That was made by the military. Mm -hmm. So if you're out there... And Beanie Babies, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were developed by DARPA. Everything good that we like mm -hmm. was developed by DARPA originally. Yeah. So if you're out there saying no new wars, you're, you know, ask, yeah. you know that you're saying no, you know, uh, what do you call it? Like uh, doing activism against the no-fly zone in Ukraine. Just remember, we could get a really fire new mm -hmm. uh, consumer electronic mm -hmm. out of it. And then, yes, exactly. Exactly. So, Sam, you got a little list? I got a little list of stuff to talk about. And the first one, Felipe, oh, boy, you're going to love it. I can't Abortion. wait. Abortion. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I thought, is Sam, is Sam legend enough to bring it up? <laughs> is Sam a madman? <laughs> bring up those heat topics. <laughs> he, the, but the madman did it. The absolute madman did it. <laughs> uh, well, you know since you want to talk about it kind of guide me through this guide me through the through this this jungle sam yeah, yeah grab my hand and take me through this labyrinth <laughs> i was just if you were a bernie bro in okay. 2016 yeah and you said 
Hillary Clinton's the lesser of two evils. I'm gonna stay home. Now, now you're eat, now you're eating your own crud. You know, you're eating crow. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. No, I'm joking. That's not that's not actually what I think. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's it was it's insane. It's it it was a real bummer. I heard about it because my um, girlfriend texted me like late at night, and I texted my sister because. She was, um, she works for NARAL, which is the National Abortion Rights Advocacy League. She used to. She has a new job now. But she worked trying to get abortion, pro-abortion laws passed in the state of Washington for like years and years and years. And it's just crazy that uh, all that's been reversed. And I think that's, I'm, that's probably the official Raisin Man stance. But that it's crazy? That it's bad. Yeah, yeah, I would say, I mean, we have to hear from Sarah to make sure. We we, <laughs> we, we should hold to off yeah, to hear from Sarah before we say what the official position is. I'm 50% sure that she would agree with us that it's bad. Yeah, yeah. But we'll wait for her to respond in the chat. I was just going to say, I mean, it's kind of a joke I, I made online, but it would be sick. I do hate the Supreme Court, but it would be sick to be on it. You can kind of pass whatever... You can pass laws in the Supreme Court. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. It's a job for life. Yeah. I don't know. Would it? I don't know. It's just not the kind of work I want to be doing. But in a <laughs> sense, it would be. You well, have a Felipe, lot of we don't have a job, a lifetime job for animators. Yeah. <laughs> okay. In the three branches of our government. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, don't, I don't really know what, what kind of reflection I'm. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad. Supreme Court's bad. Uh, it's anti bad. Anti-democratic body. Um, and if we were all on it, then it would be democratic, you know, every single person. Yeah, that's... I like that. Did you write that on your little notebook? No. It's, I'm just moving on to the next if one because we I can see you sort of squirming. No, no, no. I'm not squirming at all, dude, bro. I'm like, this is how... I, I'm, I'm nerves of steel. I'm, dep I'm okay. depressed, so... <laughs> I'm good with anything. I just, I'm trying to come up with an interesting kind of funny, something like a funny take. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, I think us, I think wanting, you know, you said you t tweeted at me, like you can't hate from outside the club. And I think that's true is, is that I hate the Supreme court, but I'm also just a little jealous of them that it's like, they all get to hang out together. You have a job for life. you, you have absolutely no responsibilities to anybody. <laughs> you can quit whenever you want. Totally. You know, wasn't it a whole thing that, uh, what is it? Scalia and, um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg were like really good friends and they would go on summer really? vacations together. I think, or, or there so was like insane. a liberal, there was like a liberal justice who was really good friends with Scalia. They were like family friends. So it was like that thing of like, I may not agree with the man, but he's a decent family man. That's and we so go on vacation. Like but it's like, you know, if you're hanging out with eight of your buddies all the time, I mean, how are you not going to make friends with them? Just Absolutely. It's like Do a little joke, little jokes and stuff. Yeah. I was reading. Do you think it's like Simple Town? Like the Supreme Court where they're like, okay, we need to work. I, <laughs> I invented a new tracker system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, st I stayed up all night yesterday making an Excel tracker. And then everyone's like, ah, this is too complicated. We don't need to use this. It's actually going to be more work to update the tracker. <laughs> oh, my, Bro, I was, my I was, poor Felipe. I was hanging out with a friend while I was making that tracker. And I said, 
this is exactly the kind of thing I do where I know no one's going to use it. <laughs> <laughs> I spent two hours making it. And then the person was like, ah, oh, maybe they'll like it. And I was like, it's very unlikely. <laughs> but uh, I already know you're kind of down bad. You know, you're a little depressed no, and I stuff. No, I honestly didn't care about the tracker. I, I figured, I, I fully knew that it was a thing we might not want to use. So I thought, you know, this is for me. This is a, a trial. This yeah. is like an experiment for me. So I, I was actually quite ready for it to be shut down. That's right. You need a couple of things to get shut down. Every meeting so that, and you just need to plan out what those are so that when you you mm-hmm. mention the stuff you really want to pass, you know, you've you've spent all your shutdown tokens. So people feel like they need to give you a win. Well, speaking of, I did read one thing about the the Supreme Court that I thought was interesting, which was it was this thread. And the guy was like, a lot of people think that a liberal clerk leaked because there was leaked. Right. This this opinion was not the uh, who, who wrote the opinion. It was. um uh, Some motherfucker that wrote the opinion. Alito. Alito wrote the opinion, but he didn't. It wasn't put out. It was leaked. So it was like this person on this thread said, you know, a lot of people think it was a liberal clerk who leaked it. However, I think it was actually a conservative one, whose intention was to lock in the opinion because, and I didn't know this, but you'd write you write a draft of the opinion. You don't just write. The opinion's like it goes out. No one look. It's like everyone's got a live document. Yeah. No, I, I mean, well, it, everyone's got to look at the Google Doc beforehand. Oh, it's like I everyone see. check the Google yeah, Doc yeah. of the opinion. Tell me if you know. Make your little comments on the Google Doc. Yes. Um, so, so uh, you for, write the first draft, and then there's like a little bit of debate that goes on. You know, someone's like, I don't like this. I don't like that. And so they were like, it was probably a conservative clerk who was like this is the most extreme version of the opinion. And by leaking it, I'm forcing the opinion to be like locked in with its most extreme points. Because like, mm. you know how, how he wrote like basically that, um, he like left all this precedent, all this like legal language in there that is some people have interpreted that, you know, he, he wants to like even repeal a like gay marriage and stuff or that there's some sort of legal precedent that he's setting there. And so they were like, by leaking it, you're making it so that no one's going to want to now change the text because it's going to look bad or it's going to look like mm. it's going to reveal where the liberal justices got concessions. Mm. Yeah, nothing worse than to be a judge that goes back on your word, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's interesting. Well, it, it's funny because they're like, they're not responsible to anybody. So if I was like a conservative justice, I would be like, yeah, I went back on my word or whatever. Like, does it, do you think they're really beholden like that to to public opinion? I don't, yeah, I mean, that's a good question, right? Like, what would it matter? What are you going to do? Where are you going to go? Yeah. 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 You know? The buck stops here. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I, you know, hey, I'd read that on a thread. The person who wrote it could have been just some whoever. I like the idea of a conservative person leaking it because... You know, leaking is a kind of dirty, evil thing to do, you know? Yeah, well, you said, you know, the this seems more like... A, like, conservatives are the ones that are wilding out right now. Yeah. Liberals are actually quite rule followers. Mm, um, that's true. You know, that, that kind of rings true in a sort, at a gut level to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. I read that once about the Supreme Court that... Okay, so that there's always... There's a junior justice who's the person who's... Is the most recent person on the Supreme Court... 
And there's all these, apparently, all these rules about being on the Supreme Court that date back to when it was first invented in the the 18th century, where the person who is the most junior Supreme Court justice has to take notes at meetings. And they have to write down what everybody says. What? And they interviewed, like, Elena Kagan, and she was like, yeah... I had to be that for like seven years. Wow. And then there's some person, sometimes there's a person who gets on and they have to do it for like three weeks. And then another, like that guy, like the first person, the whoever replaced Scalia, you remember how Trump like put a person into, um, he replaced Scalia and then another person step stepped down and then he got he replaced that yeah, person Kevin as well. on then Gorsuch is that right yes yes am I wrong about that no not Gor- Gorsuch oh yes wow we <laughs> I have no anything. clue let's keep let's keep trudging through it though so what happened but then? The, the tell me what happened that, like <laughs> the point <laughs> is that that there is a person on the Supreme Court like if if you can go spans of time where you're the note taker for like years oh. and years and years. And then like some other bro gets to go, go on and then he's it for like two weeks oh. and then, and then another person comes on. And First like, of all, he never has to do that. You yeah. got to hire an intern to do that. Yeah. I you got to hire an intern to take yeah, the notes. True. How are you going to make the, how are you going to make the Supreme? It's and, the Supreme right. court, a justice of the Supreme and court. Get you is taking notes? And stuff. Yeah. Get you Chinese food order. Yeah. Like, it should be like a writer's room. It should be, be a writer's room. You need a writer's assistant. And it's a bummer because, you know, at, in Simple Town, the person who takes notes always changes. Somebody's yeah. like, hey, I'm going to take the notes today. Yeah, so you want to believe that someday Scalia's like, ah, well, he's dead now. You know, but he'd be like, yeah, I'll take it today. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I'll write the notes. I'm feeling like I kind of want to check out today. So I'm just going to go on notes totally. writing mode. I'm a little tired. I'm a little tired. So I'm just going to write down what everyone says. I stayed up last night with this person I'm seeing. Yeah. I'm a little tired. Today. You only write the notes that you like. Yeah, you say exactly. your ideas and those are like written really good. But then other people's ideas, sometimes you don't, you just, you just write like, you just write like justice. You know, like that's, that's as much as you write for their, uh, for their note. Okay, we have an email from Eternal Family. <laughs> oh, let's spend an hour trying to answer it. <laughs> uh, uh, Drew's in the chat. Hello, Drew. Okay, so what's the next topic you got? <sighs> Buying clothes. <laughs> and how it's addictive. Oh, I yeah. I, I thought we could talk about that. <laughs> Man, I, do I know it? Do what, I know what's it? on your what have you recently bought and Bruh. what's on your still to buy list? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm I'm addicted to retail therapy these days. Yeah. <laughs> what are you on? You're on Grailed, you're on Poshmark. Yeah, I'm on at, all the bro? sites, bro. <laughs> I'm on all the sites. All right. I'm on eBay. Okay. I just bought some ASICs. You saw those ASICs. Yes. And, and I, I haven't, I don't like to buy online a lot or I didn't used to, but now I've been buying online and I, I'm getting that classic, you get the thing in the mail and you're like, is this what I wanted? Mm. Does this make me happy? Mm. Am I happy now? And you know, the answer is always no. It's true. Yeah. You're, it's the best feeling is having a package come 
the idea of a package somewhere in the world coming to you because it's like Christmas, you know, yeah. oh, the package will be here soon. It gives you a little excitement every day you wake up and think that package might come today. Well, you know what the thing is? I think that in order to buy clothes online, you have to have you have to be a little reckless, a little bit like experimental. And I bring all of my neuroses to like buying things. So I was like, I was like, I know I, I got to get new shoes. I got to get a new pair of cool shoes that are going to be my shoes for the year. My cool shoes for the year is how I usually buy stuff. Yeah. So then, I, but then shoes like are, are a big piece. There's like a, just pause. And as you get older, as a man, that that like the cool shoes for the year becomes the cool shoes for ten years. Yeah, exactly. The cool <laughs> shoes for twenty years. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it becomes a <laughs> bigger and bigger commitment each time. And um, to me, like anything under like sixty bucks is like a thing I'll buy kind of calmly. But anything over that. Is a thing where I'm like really like racking my brain to know. Yeah. So I would be like, okay, I'd wake up and be like, I got to figure out my shoes by noon. Like I got to figure out the shoes question because it's really plaguing me. Then I spend all day like looking at different shoes. I have like 50 tabs open. It's like, which one of these are them? And then on my way there, I start buying other shit like, oh, but maybe these pants or maybe this year, you know, yeah. like other things come up. And then noon would come around. And I'd be like, I need to just work on my own shit. Like, I can't be looking at shoes all day long. I can't figure out this question today. Let's come back to it. You know, so a few days go by. I come back. And then another, like, four-hour bender of, like, what's this shoes question? And then on the way to the fucking shoes question, a jacket, a thing. And then by the time... I like the second day has gone by. I bought the second day. We're on the second day. <laughs> this is day two of the shoes okay. question. I bought enough things that the cost of the shoes, you know, I've like already maxed out. Yes. Like I could have bought two pairs of shoes if yes. I wanted to. Um, and then finally one day I'm just like, just fucking pull the trigger. Just buy these shoes. Yeah. And then they come in. It's like, were they them? Uh, you know, were these the shoes? Yeah. I don't know. And your whole entire ads, like the ads that then pop up on your computer after you yes. go on one of those they shopping sprees. They never forget sprees. those things oh you wanted. Oh, God, They yes. never forget them. It's like a person you malign, a person you dated who you maligned once, mm -hmm. and Who's then for the rest you of your life, they're going to remind you yeah. of that thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, never trust. They're like, never trust a Libra to look at a pair of <laughs> just do it joggers. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have trusted <laughs> an INFJ to look at these plaid pants on Grailed. Yeah. I recently, oh, this is like, I, I bought a North Face jacket. You did it. I did you it. You pulled the trigger. And it's springtime. I know. Oh, bro, tell me about it. I bought a fucking, some Nike jacket that I don't even like. Yeah. I don't even like it now. <laughs> I don't want to wear it. <laughs> The only way I can console myself is like, maybe this will be more expensive in the fall. So I should have just, I bought it now, but now I'm going to be like, it's going to be 90 degrees out and bro, I'm going to wear, wear it, dude. I'm going to wear it. Cause I think it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm man. so excited. Now you're not going to wear the North face you just bought. <laughs> you're going to wear it. It doesn't matter what the weather is, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm dating this person now who's really well dressed and like right. knows all the the brands and all the kind of connotative meaning yeah. meanings of each piece of clothing and what they refer to and what they should kind of bring up in one's mind and stuff like that. And they're they're how they're yes, related to other things. And, and so I was, I'm like really clued into clothing now and I'm like, Oh, do I have to memorize like brand, like designers? It's funny because up until recently you were saying that you thought, 
caring too much about clothing. You didn't use this word, but essentially you're saying it was female tendencies. <laughs> I still think that. <laughs> yeah, but I now, still think but that. But now you got you got the girlfriend yeah. and you're like Bro, maybe I'm, I'm, maybe I'm female. You don't like it. <laughs> I'm feeling it. like a female. <laughs> I don't like it, but you you got to change your ways if you want to keep them around. You know what I mean? Every yeah, I, every time every time you start dating someone, whatever thing they like, you're just like, now I like this thing too. Yeah. I yeah. Or you at least got to know about it, you know, so that they can have conversations with you. But and it's tough because out of all of the hobbies, closer is one that takes money. Yes. Because if, if your partner really liked, you know, I remember in high school, I was with someone who like was really read the news a lot. It's like, I can read the news. Yes. I can read totally. the news every morning. It's totally. not so hard. But now you got to be dropping hundreds of dollars on <laughs> Givenchy. Clothing. So <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can understand it. Yeah. <laughs> I have to buy an yeah. Isimiyaki yeah. Uh, $500 What the top. fuck is that? It's a designer she likes. He's a, he's this Japanese guy called Isi Miyaki, and he makes these like pleated, these tops that have like implant pants too that have like th- hundreds and hundreds of little pleats in them. Like corduroy, bro. Where not, I come from, we call that corduroy. <laughs> no, not That's corduroy. It's corduroy. Not corduroy. That's corduroy, it's my man. Corduroy. Little, it's like a thin, little silky fabric, but it's pleated, and you can't wash it. So. What if you get sweaty in it or something? I don't know. I she's like she's like I bought this stuff and I don't know how to wash it. Well, yet. you need to get you, you need you need to get a really thin iron yep. so that you can iron <laughs> across right. the flat part of each one That's of the right. plates. It's it's like as thin as like a little knife, and you and you reinforce <laughs> each pleat. Does that does the geometry of this joke make sense? No, no, it makes perfect sense to me. It makes perfect sense. She's been on forums w- about with people who've also bought this ty- type of designer uh-huh. and they're talking about how to wash these things so you can so wash it right dry, dry don't don't go away i don't know what the answer is but the big picture is i'm with this person who is on forums learning about how to specially wash a particular brand of designer like a particular designer's clothing i'm like wow i'm totally out of my depth of field yeah you know, this you're wearing your white crocs <laughs> yeah, and exactly. your camo pants <laughs> not even real tree camo old camo Drew's asking, do you guys ever go to Dover Street? I don't know what the fuck that is. What the fuck is that? I don't know. No, answer's no, Drew. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. Yeah, I, um, well, I'm glad I'm not in your shoes, my friend, because I think, (laughs) I think it would become hard for me to keep up with that. Yeah. I already, like, I do, in my mind, I'm, like, leveling up my clothes, but then I'm around her and I'm, like... Oh, this, she's like, she's reading like 15 steps ahead of what I thought was like a cool purchase. She's like, you know, to her, this, this means nothing. Yes. Yeah, doesn't even like, scratch oh, the surface. I can kind of dribble a basketball and she just like has yeah. jumped. Over yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. But is she m- learning about comedy? No, she doesn't ask me questions about comedy. <laughs> but when <laughs> bro, she does, she bro, bro, I'm going to knock her <laughs> dick in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not absolutely Bro, wipe the floor with my comedy knowledge. You should tell her how you're on forums about. No, I'm not on any forums. <laughs> We're not on any I forums. don't even know that much. I was thinking about the, that the other day. I was like, what's my thing that I know more than her? And I was like, 
I don't even know that much about comedy. Like, there's the people I like. It's true. You're not. Yeah, we're not like heads, really. Yeah, and I'm the least head of all the people in my friend group right, who are like right. heads about it. So I'm like, I feel y- like you know about like um, land usage. Yeah, that's, well, that was my thing, but bro, that's been like my urbanism my thing since college. And I, <laughs> yeah, haven't, you haven't I haven't like invested in anything new, <laughs> bro. I'm like, and you're I'm, not even I'm like, about to die, out and you're here not even keeping that going, thing. and yeah, you're not totally, even keeping all that totally, knowledge like, going. Uh, yeah, the the land is like really important because <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, in Ireland there was a tenant strike and. Just like, that's the only thing I know. I'm absolutely failing. Yeah. I used to be able to give lectures on that stuff, but. You bring up the tenant strike in Ireland, people, and then the and then the real land use heads are like, that was in the 80s, bro. There's new shit going on. There's new tenant strikes. That just happened last year. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, what could be my thing? Don't know. I think my, my thing is I is that I try and do a... L- I know a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. You're a generalist, yeah. But that's also your thing, so it's not fair. Am I a generalist too? No, I think you know a lot about a lot of things. So I know a little bit about a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, but more... I'm like a mile wide and inch deep, and you're like a mile wide and like a couple feet deep. Oh, you know thank you. I, mean? I appreciate that. I don't know if I think of myself that way. It's just, you know, you got to, and this has been said before, but you got to steer the conversation in the direction of whatever thing you've been watching a hundred YouTube videos about. <laughs> and it doesn't matter how important or relevant to the world it is. I can, I've been watching 500 Nikocado avocado videos. And now suddenly to Sam, I look like an expert. Sam's like, wow, this guy's so smart. How does he know so much about Nikocado avocado? When <laughs> Sam's like, this guy is... <laughs> renaissance man (laughs) uh yeah yeah that's a that's if you want to be a quintessential guy i think at parties and stuff and anywhere just like anytime someone's talking about depression the way they're feeling a new relationship they're in any any kind of personal anecdote that's going on in their life just steer to a thing you've been watching five yes. videos about. Yeah. And it's easy because once you watch one YouTube video, it's going to suggest to you the next YouTube video in the playlist. So it's very easy to gain that knowledge. Just watch them all in a row. Totally. Take a day. Just watch. Let the algorithm take you for a little, a little ride, <laughs> yeah. a little tubing down the river. <laughs> Bro. The other, so the other night we went to, <clears throat> we went to that, um, I don't know, rave, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and Matt's, we went with our friend Matt and his friend was DJing mm-hmm. and we're right before the friend goes on to DJ, we're all standing around in a circle and they just start gabbing about philosophy. <sighs> and he's like, he's like, yeah, I've been reading. I think I, I can't even remember how it came up, but he's like, I'm reading Simone Weil and Bataille. Um, coincidentally, Simone Weil, I've been hearing, everyone's talking about this philosopher from like the, I don't know. She was writing the, is it Simone Vey? Vey, it could be Vey, Vey. Yeah. Some people say Way. I don't know, but uh, but then he's like dropping these names, and I'm just like, and I'm just like, you know, if you told me the ideas, maybe we can have a conversation about the ideas. But I don't know what you know. Just like tell me what they talk about. It's like I don't know what these. And you know what the thing? Tell it's me like, about the ideas. Yeah, it's like I can't I can't hang because then the conversation is like, but I and then Matt's like, hell yeah, you know, and I'm like, bro. What does he say? What does this guy believe in? Because 
if you tell me the ideas, I can hang. Yeah. If you simplify the ideas, right? We you can't be like using big, big words because then it's like okay now, now I got to write down what you're saying and kind of close read it. But it just be like okay, he believes this. This is his big point. But now we're talking about names, like I, I don't know that shit. And and bro, they go, they wouldn't know what he's saying. You well, know? that's the thing. I was with a friend. And my friend was like, you know, sometimes when people do that, it's because they haven't really like they don't really know the ideas that well. So it's mm. easier to just say the names, but they haven't really. And she was like, you know, people who are smart have to admit that that stuff is not easy to read or understand. Yeah. And I think that that's true. I don't know this person. He might actually might have understood the ideas and maybe that he just totally. he didn't really feel like going into it. Um, he was nervous before doing his DJ set. I know. He had he a million so. other things he on his mind. Much, yeah. Yeah. So see, now I'm roasting this guy. He doesn't deserve it. No, fuck you, man. Yeah. Explain the ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Explain. I don't care where you are. <laughs> but I, I strive to do that, right? If I drop, if I name drop in a conversation, I try to be like, this is kind of what this person says. Totally. As best I understand it. Totally. In terms that kind of anyone can understand. Yeah. Well, that's why I was listening to that guy, Ryan Murphy, talk about like ladies and... Wait. Is it Brian Murphy? Duncan Murphy. Who are we Ryan? talking about? The guy who that who does that podcast who's really into like Urbit and stuff yes, like okay, that. Yes, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know what his first name is. I think it's Brian or Ryan. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. A classic white guy's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was like, he was talking about angelicism, which is that um, yeah. thing. That's writer. Thing. Yeah, see, now yeah, we're yeah, just yeah, dropping yeah. the name. <laughs> Some uh, some online philosopher outlet yes, kind of writer he, person. who writes this blog and the and the writing is really um, he doesn't use the word spastic. What is the word he use he uses to describe it? It's um, uh, I'd say it's a little esoteric. Yes, it's very esoteric certainly. But he he had this like great sing, single word for it. Anyways, I'm blanking on the word, but but he's like he didn't use the word schizophrenic did he, he did bro ableist ableist he alert schizo writing yeah sure they all use though that word i know bro. they love to say that stuff um they're, yeah. but he was like oh the problem with that is he's like i think it's fun and it's fine you can tell this guy's academically cha- trained and he's like sort of using that as sort of an aesthetic tool um but ultimately i like to be explanatory and i think that kind of t- is the test, the test of time for who like great thinkers will be is like people who are good at explaining stuff. Yeah, and uh, I agree. It's all kind of related to that conversation. Thing well, I think I think a lot of those. I think that the the philosophers that that angelicism guy is sort of referencing are people who I think were interested in like the aesthetic dimension of philosophy. They were yeah. almost like poets, so they would write the stuff that was like sometimes hard to read, sometimes impossible to decode. Like you're just supposed to vibe. Totally. Just a vibe. And I think that's a lot of this guy's writing. And I think when you like close read it, sometimes the ideas, unless I'm really misunderstanding it or like the aesthetic is really like you're supposed to really close read it to reveal something. Sometimes the ideas themselves, I'm like, oh, this could have been said much in a much simpler way. And it's not as interesting. It's not that interesting. Um, but I need to read more of it. Me too. Because I want to understand the ideas. <laughs> yeah. You guys, yeah. come on. <laughs> Can you please turn the music down? I'm trying to understand these it's ideas. It's too loud. <laughs> Wait, say that name again. You're talking too quickly. Let me look it up on <laughs> Wikipedia. <clears throat> yeah. So wait, where, where do we begin with this? Uh, going clubbing. Clothes. Oh the, oh, the one final thing I wanted to say about clothes, and this relates to Matt, is like Matt said this to me on Friday, and I think it's true, which is that I think your secret 
a secret weapon you can have is a straight a gun. A straight guy is a gun <laughs> with a grappling hook <laughs> attached to it. Um, the secret weapon you can have is a straight guy is that like women will always find it a little hot if you like kind of don't care about what you're wearing. Oh. I was not gonna say that shit though, dude. <laughs> that dude has some of the some of the fruitiest clothes I've seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> talking about women like when you, you know, don't care what you're wearing. That guy cares about what he he dresses like yeah. for sure, and he dresses great. He dresses cool. I'm man, I'll, I'm not. Yes. I'm not. I, no like, I like your fruity clues. I've been I've been quite inspired. I've been like I'm I'm on Matt I'm on Matt brain right now. I'm like gotta figure out how to hack the yeah. But but I think it's true, which is that women love a little nonchalance, you know. And if you look like a person if you sometimes make big mistakes in your style and the way you dress, like you don't look so put together, it's like it's, it taps a special place in the female brain (laughs) where they're like, Oh, this is great. They're not bound by the strict rules of like Mm -hmm. of fashion that I've like held, held, hold myself to. Well, it sounds like that will forever be outside my grasp because I can't be <laughs> chill about anything I do. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Well, something to strive for maybe when you're in your 80s. Do you think by the time you're like 80, Felipe, you'll be like, you'll have a fuck it mentality about anything? That's a good question. I was thinking that by the time I'm like in my 50s, 60s, I want to be dressing like really nice. It's like always wearing like a tan suit. By the time you're in your... Bros, you can start sooner if you want. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. You ever watch movies that take like those like French New Wave films or like... uh, I I took a lot of European film from like the 50s and 60s and I'm like... It was really lit when all the guys were wearing suits everywhere. Yeah. Just like a button down shirt. You're a little sweaty because you're Lilo Morocco. Yeah. I'm just like everyone wearing a suit that. But if you did that now, it would not be cool. It wouldn't, no. It was cool then. It wasn't even cool. It was just the way it was. But I think it's cool. Everyone's wearing tweed around, you know, Paris. I I love that that shit. I like that. I really like in train spotting when they're wearing like, this is more sort of like um, twee, I guess, but they're wearing like their um, like little ties and and little... um, button down short sleeve shirts mm. and I'm and but they're all fucked up and they're like on drugs and stuff and like kind of rolling around in these dirty streets but they have like nice little sort of outfits on mm-hmm. I dude, always thought that's cool dude short sleeve shirt just regular t-shirt tie and then a fedora <laughs> and then checkered vans you're a, and then shorts and you're a rude boy <laughs> and you listen to ska <laughs> now that's a look <laughs> uh wide cut cargo pants cargo <laughs> shorts yeah and then checkered bands <laughs> boom that's the look man that's the fucking look you're skanking in the yeah. pit <laughs> yeah uh. um yeah those those were your topics no i got some more oh okay cool well this next one yeah, we'll see how far we go with it. But I wanted to talk about micro streaming services with you. Let's do it. And maybe Drew- I fucking love that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, you know, Drew Drew's ears will perk up here because he's a, gr- a great friend of ours who runs a micro streaming service. But I'm like, I wonder what there seems like a kind of pl- not well. 
I don't know if I could call it a proliferation because maybe it's just eternal family that started within the past like year and a half. But I was like, I'm curious what the thought behind starting like a micro streaming like service is because there's eternal family. There's, um, uh, no budge and (laughs) means TV (laughs) means TV and and we've heard about and another think, big podcast that might that was trying to start yes. one and i think it's sick cuz it's like you know take take the means of production into your own hands you mm-hmm. know like you don't you don't need to wait around to get on hbo max or whatever just like we can create our own little streaming services that are cool. <laughs> I don't need to be on HBO Max. I can be on a streaming service that 20 people watch. <laughs> <laughs> no, no shade though, but yeah. <laughs> no, it's cool. And I'll say this. I wanted to say this to Drew in a text message, but I'll just say it to him now in case he's listening still. But like I went on Eternal Family recently for the first time and I was like scrolling through it and I was like, this is cool. This is definitely really cool. I like the way the website looks. I'm interested in watching everything that's on here. I feel like connected to a community. I'm interested in looking, looking up all the artists and reading their little bios and stuff like that. It felt like a website that that was, that was like made for me, you know, and that was cool. And I, and so I, I kind of, yeah, I have, I have respect for Drew for, for building that thing. And I also wonder What's the long game with all of these service streaming services? Well, if we had him on, we could ask him. We should have him on. Yeah, we should. We he should. Was, I'm like, when he was in New York, I wasn't here. That's the thing. Yeah, that's true. Sorry about that, Drew. Yeah, I mean, I think my sense, my sense is that if I had to guess from conversations I've had is eventually all these people want to sort of be producers or it's like that's kind of the... You want to end you up become producing. a production company. I think so. Yeah. Because I don't really know. I don't really know if, if there's a world where these streaming services like crowd out the big ones. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I I don't know. I think it seems to me like Drew also wants to make like a cool scene, and yes. like parties and stuff. So, but so in that sense, it's something that's in and of itself, you know, it's not like, Oh, this is for something else. It's like, this needs to be cool in and of itself. This is fun for now. There's no like, but I'm sure, I'm sure that's sort of where, where it goes. I mean, no budges, I believe is giving out. See, I'm like, should I talk about this? I don't know. I I don't know. know Me neither. neither. They're giving out little budgets or whatever. Like, yeah. So does means TV, you know, I suppose they're trying to create a brand that then eventually it's like, well, we have enough money that we're like a production company. Yeah. But if we could get on web three, if eternal family was on the blockchain and on Urbit and had 50 miladies <laughs> and on Fortnite, and on Fortnite, <laughs> you, could yes! see, you could see, uh, Daron Max Hagee's <laughs> new video and you're in, like, in Fortnite. and you're doing, uh, and you're doing the, some fucking, Fortnite dance. Yeah, exactly. Your your Deadpool <laughs> watching it on the National Mall. <laughs> um then maybe we could see some we could see some something changing. Yeah. Do you see uh Netflix? This is this is real this is real industry talk. Netflix I think is like they fired their their animation guy. This guy mm. Phil Rinda, who was uh who was like um an executive at a cartoon network. He was like responsible for all these like great shows like Adventure Time, and then I guess he was at, on Netflix. But it seems like the suits 
What is that spell for the future of animation at Netflix? I read this article that was saying that for a while Netflix was this great place for artists. They were like, "We'll give you a, <gasps> we'll give you like all this money. You can be experimental." You'd walk into Netflix and there'd be mm-hmm. there'd be canvases free for your use. You and know, yeah, little paintbrushes. Paint. Yes, really expensive exactly. oil paints. A little pot of granola. You could go in and <sighs> Bro, grab a little bit. No of. more granola. Mm-mm. Used to be granola on tab. <laughs> I gotta pay for it. But uh, yeah, they used to be. Uh, good for artists and now the i think they had they had a dip in um subscriber base you see this they dipped on the uh at the stock market they got fucked they had a bad quarter and so now they fired the guy and apparently they're just like look we're just going to be making boss baby the tv show that's the kind of thing we're doing before we were doing experimental now boss baby the tv show I've never seen Boss Baby. Well, there's a TV show of it on Netflix. They're like, wow. that's the kind of shit we want to make. Boss Baby. No more uh, Midnight midnight Mass. No more um, B- uh, Bojack. Was that on Netflix? No, that was on Hulu. I don't know. Was Bojack Netflix? I think it was Netflix. It was Netflix. No more of that. No more taking big risks. Now, Boss Baby, the TV show. Despicable, uh, the fu- the minions. Minions gonna get a TV show. They were adapting. Well, I don't know. They were adapting Roll Dolls, the the witches or the twits, the, the witches. The twits or the it could be either. It could be either. <laughs> I was gonna say the twitches, but that's it's the twits and it's the witches. Those are the two different Roll Dolls. Th- but they were putting them together. Yeah, and they yes, were adapting mashup that. multiverse. <laughs> roll Doll multiverse, <laughs> bro. That would be Matilda. honestly. That yeah, would be really fire. Be the cool. Roll Doll multiverse. Whoa. That would be cool. Yeah, Matilda, the BFG, the Twits, the that scary short story where they he takes the skin off of that homeless person's back. I haven't heard read that one. Is that before he was writing children's books? No, I think he was it was concomitous with mm. children's book writing, but there's this story of this artist who's really, really poor and he he does this tattoo of this he does a beautiful tattoo on this homeless person's back. I, I can't remember why, but maybe it's for money or something like that. But then this homeless person has this like famous artists like piece on his back. And then later there's like, he the homeless person comes and encounters like a rich person. And then later in the story, you see that the rich person's in his home and there's this famous person's artwork hanging on the wall. Oh wow! And it's on this strange canvas. And you, you're meant to understand. A most strange canvas. A most strange Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the final canvas. line. That's the final line. <laughs> wow. A most weird canvas. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So that guy's in there too. I think they've really fucked his IP as of late. I think the BFG movie wasn't good. We're going to take his IP and fuck it up. Bro, <laughs> That's what they said. <laughs> Bro they got to go crazy on the Roll Doll IP. Absolutely. Well, they're making the Timothy Chalamet sh- Willy Wonka now. Really? Yeah. Timothy Chalamet is uh, being going to be Willy Wonka, which I don't really buy. Wait, Roll Doll, he, did he write Willy Wonka? Bro, wake up. Yes, he fuck. did. He, did he? Huh. Huh. Okay. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And then Charlie and the Glass Elevator, which has never been adapted. Yes, that's right. That's right. Why haven't they adapted Charlie and the Glass Elevator? They got to, man. Netflix has got to get on there. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Come on. There's a, there's a miniseries there to be made. The, it doesn't make sense to me, though, that they're, they're 
stock would dip and then they would like fire the head of animation and just make boss baby i guess like it seems like if you want to compete i don't know a sure it seems like a short-term move i guess if i'm gonna put on my business hat for a second look you know if if i knew what was in this in these executives minds right as an artist you're like let me do my fire shit people are gonna love it it's gonna be good for business but executives keep going hey we just want what's tried and true you know, and for us as consumers, we're like, it doesn't make any sense, but they keep doing it. So it's like, yeah, maybe it's a short term move. It's the short term move everyone's doing, Sam. <laughs> Carly's, Carly's chewing me out for saying Charlie in the glass elevator. Is it not that? Yeah, that's what it's called. I guess she's, she's just saying that that's a fruity idea. <laughs> Take it up with Roald Dahl. <laughs> I didn't come up with that. Yeah, but it's funny because... The other Netflix was bound to have a drop in price because they were the first person, the first person companies can be people yeah, too. They were true. the first company to do streaming, but now everybody's in streaming. It's true. And so it's, it's like, yeah. bro, adapter perish. Yeah. You're in a, you're in a crowded market now. So, you know, your stock is gonna drop. Yeah. And, and those Netflix shows were doo-doo. How are you going to make 300 shows and they're all doo-doo? Yeah. That's, that's a good point. You can't do that. That's you think point. you literally think people are pigs that eat slop? No, we're more discerning than that. Yeah. No, I agree. I would like to be in in one of those executive. He- do you think? Do you think I could ever be a person like that? Um. Do you see a transition in my career at some point where I I stop being an artist and start being like a suit again? Yeah. But you wouldn't be in television. You'd be in like, uh, you'd be like, uh, I don't know, in, in information technology. Oh, okay. Oh, back to IT. Yeah, back to IT. No, nah, I'd want to do oil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the economy runs on. You like, <laughs> you go into oil and you start dressing up as, uh, what's his face? From There Will Be Blood. Oh, oh, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how you show up to the <laughs> meetings and stuff? With like a pocket watch yeah. and like a suit vest. <laughs> and these are like people that work for Shell and stuff. And just, there's a tract of land and I, there's oil in it. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like... It's funny, it's funny too, because, I mean, I've said versions of this a million times, but like I've met executives from Shell and like there is this one guy who's the the head of the European European IT at Shell. I've met him. I've had dinner uh-huh. with this guy. And he's really nice. He's one of the nicest guys. I believe at, it. The nicest guys at, at that whole event that I was at. I wow. was like, this guy, I chilled it with this That's guy. That's nice. That is yeah. good. It's tough. It's tough that these people are, are the enemy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, when you it, got a it, nice In enemy. a moment's notice, I would, I would drag him to the middle of the street and slit his throat. Bro, and on the other hand, these leftist activists are so shrill and angry and they're annoying to hang out with yeah yeah now if we had nice people like that yeah it would be a whole different ball game we need we need people with good people skills Mm -hmm. on the left that's the problem storytellers Mm -hmm. (laughs) bro we need we need storytellers (laughs) on the left (laughs) bro you know i'm always saying that that we need storytellers on the left was I, I was about to say, I'm, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like a little loopy. I'm like trying to hold different points in my head, but it's getting difficult. 
I can hold some of those points for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> bro, you'd, you'd like to hold a point I have yeah. right here in my pants. <laughs> yeah, that is, it is a point. It's no. as small as a point. Yeah, no. well, you you got yourself. No. You had yourself. It's like a bludgeon, really. It's like <laughs> a big bludgeon. Okay. Micro streaming services, check. Okay. Live show. Do you want to talk about the live show at all? Um, eh. No. No, not really. Okay. We cool. had a live show. If we have another one, just come to it. That was a fucking blast, but that's all I want to talk about. Yeah. Um,. Damn. Uh, that was your list? <laughs> Fuck. I list. didn't come up with a list. Let me look. If you got if you're all, if you're on the chat, throw out some topics. If you're listening to this, just skip forward like 45, 50 seconds and we'll have found the thing we're mm-hmm. going to talk about. But look, guys, this is how the sausage gets made. Bro, before we got on, you were like, "Hey man, and this what did you compare it to? Did you compare it to Ion Pack?" Ion Pack. You yeah, were like, yeah chill we don't got it we don't have to fill every second no i agree i think there's actually there can be things that are charming about two people struggling to find <laughs> what to talk about you're like and it's real life that's how you know it's live and baby. i sure hope it's charming because we've been doing it for <laughs> about a year and a half <laughs> bro careers can be built on doing justice <laughs> if we do 200 episodes someone's gotta start we could this. fill we could fill babies all right with this kind of shit build our empire there's, there's a kind of magic in watching people not have prepared anything not want to commit to any position our voices echoing through the bell house Two thousand people in the audience, <laughs> just struggling to remember words that they're forgetting, stopping mid sentence to remember little words or the first names of people. Thinking, <laughs> trying to come up with an opinion on something for the first time ever, never having given it a, th- a second thought. Having to invent an opinion about something that you <laughs> never cared about. Halfway between inventing a sincere opinion and saying something <laughs> funny and then coming up with neither. <laughs> <laughs> Starting a bit, not committing, getting scared and embarrassed. <laughs> your lifeline is something real that's happening yeah. in your life. Then you find out that that's a thing no one wants to talk about. <laughs> Starting to say an opinion. It's too right wing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I oscillate between loving doing this podcast and then being like, why do we do this? (laughs) No, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, Sarah, I mean, Sarah's kind of like the motor, you know. She really is. She's she's got stuff. She's really been like, she's got like a million little reflections on stuff. Well, it's it's funny too because it's like when you see Sarah do stand up and she's a great stand up, but there's also the type of stand up she does is is the kind of thing for which a podcast is also a perfect forum mm-hmm. for. Yeah. Because she she's very thoughtful and she doesn't have like one-liners. She's not interested in creating like one-liners. She's interested in, in sort of exploring an idea and seeing what's funny about that true real thing. Yeah. And so having two friends to bounce off her idea with is like her perfect medium. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we're kind of the Sarah vehicle. 
really. Yeah. And then when we're left alone, <laughs> what is there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, it's like it's it's like playing tennis against the a wall or something. Did you read the article on the new right? I listened to the Chapo thing about it. Mm. So I can say... We should say just re-say what they said on Chapo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. That would exactly. be kind of cool. Yeah. Did you hear that, J- <laughs> that, that J.D. Vance won the Republican nomination? Wait, he did? Yeah. Wait, for last what? Night for Ohio, the Ohio Senate race. You know how they were saying... So the whole thing about J.D. Vance... Is, I mean, he he wrote Hillbilly Elegy a couple of years ago, and he's been this sort of liberal darling in the sense that he's like a conservative intellectual that the liberals like to sort of cite and talk about a lot. And apparently now, as he's been running for Senate in Ohio, what people are saying is like, oh, J.D. Vance is clued into what people are talking about online. He has like, he's like, Trump in the the way Trump was in like 2015, where it's like, oh, he's he's got the like iOS update where he knows exactly what everyone's talking mm-hmm. about and he knows what things to mention, um, whether it's like pedophiles under Disney World or like things about you know like BlackRock buying houses in rural parts of Ohio, whatever. He's like he you watch him go on stage and you're like, oh, you're just mentioning all these things that are, have, are talking points on conservative radio, radio and in, in the conservative internet. It's like when you go to a stand-up show and they're just doing stuff from Twitter. Yes. And then you are like, as an audience member, you're like, I love this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. My two large sons. So he he won the Republican nomination and, and um, yeah, and he's kind of sort of, I think one of the, people in this new right. He's one of the the sort of standard bearers in the new right. Well, it right seemed movement. to me like that's not what he originally was, no. right? Like he he's he's a he's a chameleon. Mm-hmm. He originally well cuz he was anti-Trump. He used to be that he was like that's a never right. Trump Republican, but now right. he's he sort of carved his own niche and it seems like he's just he's just a guy who knows how to play the game. Isn't that interesting? As a politician, you just kind of change. You kind of change what you say. You're not like one thing. You're not like one guy who believes one thing. You sort of like change your thing, change your product. It's a little bit like artists, when you were talking about artists, change mediums to just do the thing that's cool for the scene that they're in. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether you're a musician or a filmmaker, just do your shit in whatever medium where the, where the, this, the, scene that's uh, influential is happening bro jd vance he gets a milady for his uh, twitter (laughs) avi (laughs) he buys a milady a little chibi his avi's decked out in (laughs) miladies it's like a milady with like a fitted and like (laughs) a huge chain (laughs) um but yeah the thing i mean the only thing that i the most coherent takeaway that I had from the Chapo thing, I'm actually going to do the thing now that the you were thing joking we, we about. We were joking about and thinking, is wouldn't that it be like, stupid if we did that? <laughs> everybody was disillusioned. All these people on the left were disillusioned by Bernie's like failure to get the nomination in 2020. And they've, a lot of them have moved to the right, but essentially that it's like, it was interesting to hear the Chapo people talk about it because they were like, oh, this is just the new thing 
kids are into. And this is going to change in three or four years. Every couple years, someone writes an article about like, what are 23 year olds like thinking and talking about and doing politically? And the end in 2016, it was us, meaning the Chapo guys. This is, I'm talking is that right. they were like, I remember when articles came out about our podcast about us and being like, oh, this is where like young people are hanging out and socialism's hip and cool. And now it's not cool anymore because there have been fail like political failures at the at a major sort of electoral level. And now people are just like moving to the right. And like that's now there's all these radicals about articles about, oh, isn't it interesting that a bunch of like twenty-three year olds are at like some conference in the mid-Atlantic and there's like so micro podcasters there or whatever. Right. Um but that's it. I think it's going to change. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I remember when Trump was elected, I hadn't, I remember when I first read about the alt-right, there was this article. Honestly, I think there was this like Breitbart article that was like, this is what the alt-right is. And it was like a descriptive. And I remember. When was this? It was like 2016. Yeah. After Trump's election. Like, and, and I think I was kind of freaked out. I was like, whoa, this is kind of freaky but the difference <laughs> but the difference was that trump had been elected and it's like if you don't you know i think i think that that new right thing is like is a political movement and it's a cultural movement as well like there's two sort of sides of it and i think that if you don't find if there's not a sort of a political figure that like fills that role and like succeeds i just i don't really see it like living for a long time as a political movement or you need a person that like embodies it. like bernie was that for the Mm-hmm. the socialist people and mm-hmm. i'm like is it gonna be jd vance is it gonna be you know it's like you need someone that like makes it real right that like is like i'm gonna and obviously then that person will always let people down and then that's how the movement sort like that's how it goes to the next step of the totally of the development and then as a cultural movement it's another thing where it's like there's people in that scene who like don't think that much about electoral politics or who are interested in like cultural things like they're anti-cancel culture and they're maybe more socially conservative. Yes. Yes. But then I don't know, maybe those two things go hand in hand. Maybe like you get the rise and fall of some political figure that embodies the movement and they fail. And then all those like cultural, you know, all those like edgelord movies and like podcasts. It's like, ah, this is kind of old now. Right. The thing that's like, Oh, we got we we got nine viewers. I'm so sorry if you don't like this conversation topic, guys. Wait, did stay. we have did we have more before? We had like 14. Well, people got to go to work and stuff. It's you true. Know? Get their well, the, the thing that that's sort of interesting to me is like what JD Vance had this quote in in the article where he's like culture war is class war now. And he's like the way that you sort of distinguish yourself as like waging a class war particularly in 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 the right or like in, in any political realm is by like identifying yourself with person like certain cultural tropes like oh if you're anti cancel culture anti trans stuff then you're like a working class you're like signaling as white working class you know what i mean you could still be like anti union and pro like you know like tax write offs for the super wealthy but you will get votes from working class white people because of these like cultural precepts that you talk about and espouse. The difficult thing is that 
what the dirtbag left did is they waged like a culture war with people within the Democratic Party. They were like, we're anti kind of, I mean, not anti ID poll. Like there, there was, they had a complicated relation, relationship with an identity politics, but like the whole point about being on the, the dirtbag left is like, we have these material leftist political precepts that we believe, but we're also we're like, Oh, c- cancel culture is kind of lame. Uh, I don't care about like PMC niceties. I don't care about like doing bodies and spaces. I don't care about like adopting academic leftist language that was like rooted in universities, things like that, that had now has been embraced by like mainstream media. So what they were doing is they were like antagonizing people within their own sort of, so to speak, like political party. Whereas the people on the right, to be like in the new right, you are aligning yourself culturally with people who already believe like those things. There's no, there's no um, cultural. There's no internal, internal conflict. There's no internal battle to have like billionaires and millionaires who like vote for vote Republican are totally okay with being in the same like bed as people who are like, yeah, fuck trans people, fuck identity. I mean, fuck cancel culture. Yeah. We need to do something about the like tunnels under Disneyland where all the (laughs) pedophiles are going like those, those people can coexist harmoniously like in a completely okay way. You know, yeah, and where, to, uh, where they would have problems is with those people on the new right, like actually do have socialist agendas that, or like socialist beliefs that they want to espouse. Like they believe in like, oh, like a person, a single man making enough money to take care of his family, like everyone being able to have the right or opportunity to own a home, you know, like living a decent life where you're not like economically. Is that true though? Isn't, isn't, isn't it represented by a conflict within like this JD Vance, JD Vance was like running against a more traditional sort of neoliberal conservative. Isn't that right? Yeah. Does that not represent some like internal, at least on the ideological level? Because the critique is like, ultimately, no matter what they say they believe, they're going to be captured by the, by the neoliberal wing of the Republican Party. Like you can't, you can't change it. No matter how much you think that like the Trump movement is going to be like populist and do like, uh, you know, UBI or whatever, they're not, they're never going to do it. So it's, it's like it's as it's as powerless as the Bernie people who like think that like Bernie's going to change it. And then ultimately the Democrats went out. So, but, but at least on the like discursive level, there is some conflict happening with corporate conservatives. Isn't there for those yes, new I, right people? There are bad th- conservatives. There are the conservatives that are like the neoliberal conservatives. I guess so. Yeah, maybe maybe, the, maybe there is more of like an internal sort of like warfare going on that maybe I'm like less privy to or haven't read enough about. But it seems to me that like the people on the new right could will be like more embraced by like the mainstream right than the dirtbag left was with like tradition with traditional like liberal liberals because it's like that thing about how like fascism is okay it's okay fascism and capitalism can work together because right. because um 
Why? <laughs> because, because why can't it? Why? I don't uh, know. Because fascism doesn't have specifically like a, an an S stance against like capital. Right. It, it's it's about fascism is about like sort of um, creating power in, in like as few pockets as possible. You know, among other things. Well, maybe the reason why the reason why is because all those new right people are people who like exist in liberal spaces they're like academics they're intellectuals and so the people around them the people that they're fighting are not actually conservatives the people that they wake up to and are at their jobs every day are like liberals because they're they're people they are pmc themselves all these like new right people yeah i don't think these new right people are like actual working class people i think if anything trump had like a little more of that that like white working class support i think these new right people are just Either like people who were Bernie supporters who were disillusioned or like people who work in media who like have right wing views and are frustrated they're all their coworkers or like SJWs or whatever. Yeah. So maybe that it's like you fight you fight the you fight the enemy that's near you. Yeah. That's true. It's a good point. They're like they're just like disillusioned disillusioned people who are like looking for like a a cultural place to be in where, where they can be sort of like a little countercultural. And it used to be maybe the dirtbag left. And now it's like this, like sort of new right or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of drafting my opinion as I'm speaking it out and it seems like there are, there are holes in it, but it's what they said. This is true. And this is something other people have said too. It's like all these people, on the new right who talk about when you at, when they're like, okay, what do you believe in? Like politically, like what, what's something that you're interested in? They're like, Oh, you know, like single families, like, yeah, single family homes, people having the right to home ownership, like uh, making enough, one person making enough income to provide for a family, you know, like regular middle-class lifestyles and like upward mobility for the possibility for upward mobility for everybody. And you're like, okay, that's great. But then the thing they don't talk about are all these are like unions and universal right. healthcare and all these systems in America that traditionally have been the pathway for upward mobility for like the working class and the poor for like years and years and years, ever since the new deal. And like, those are the institutions that if you care about middle class life, you would invest in those things. And they don't talk about that at all. Well, I, so I think three things about that. One is like what I find like those conclusions, right? Like, oh, you should be able to like raise a family on one, you know, on one. It's like anyone can agree with that. Right. Exactly. Um, anyone can agree with that. That's a talking that. point for like for leftists That's been as the well. talking point yes. for life. In fact, that was a leftist talking point. I was saying this to you. Like it's annoying because like that they say that. Oh, we should. Uh, you should be able to raise a family on one income or whatever, because that was a leftist talking point that was used to counter the right wing idea that like LGBTQ was like, um, you know, endangering the family. They'd be like, you know, gay marriage is a way to like undermine right. the family, and then leftists were like, no, there are material reasons why why it's harder to have a family. Right. So now they've like taken up that thing, but anyone can agree with it, but then of the, course, the yeah. analysis I find it's just like the analysis is bad because all those right wing people, they're still like media brained and they're like the real people who are like, they don't have a critique. That's like capital like this. The, the, or the problems are the, it's like right. they capitalism the is a problem. Stuff, they're like, they're that, like, it's a bunch. Of, it's like all the journalists, like we're fighting journalists and academics. And it's like, 
there's some truth that like in the cultural sphere in the cultural arena those people are there's like a, a liberal hegemony there but i think it's like it's not a convincing argument to make like i was reading that guy Mencius Moldbug. i read this one article he wrote yeah i was like i'm trying to figure out what he believes in you know and um I think it's pretty clear he he says it in all of these articles, and also incidentally, I found his write his writing to be so bad. Really, like, just like so annoying, like such like crappy, unconvincing writing. But I was just like, oh, basically the argument he was making in this article was like tech, like Bezos and Musk and Zuckerberg don't really have any power. So what's his analysis? He's like, leftists think these guys have power, but they don't really have political power. And what he means is, those guys don't want to like silence conservative voices. They're having their arm twisted by who? By the media. The press is really who has power. And this guy mentioned Smallbug believes in like the cathedral. It's the sort of like, yes. cons- not conspiracy, but sort of like um, uh, collaboration between like all intellectuals, like liberal intellectuals to like create a kind of consent. Um, but he's like, those are the people that are really twisting like Zuckerberg's arm. And yes. I, I find the analysis unconvincing. So ultimately it's like, sure, the conclusion that everyone should, that we should have like be able to raise a family on one income is like, it's, it's nice, but the analysis is bad. And so it leads you into a place where like you don't talk about unions because you're not prepared to like actually identify why you can't raise a family on one income. That's you, right. You like, don't have a good explanation for why that is. So then you have to be like, well, it's because like journalists, it's like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't produce a, an actually actionable. Totally. And answer. all, all these like new left people, like you could probably say the same thing about new the, right people. Sorry. The new right people. It's like, they all are like micro podcasters or uh, want careers in media. So of course, like the people they identify as enemies are like, mainstream mainstream bigwigs in mass media and like entertainment the people that they say are like are essentially ahead of them in the line in their career and they're like oh this person has like a chokehold on me because so, it's like you're a little media dork and you just well, want your like podcast opinions to pop off it's you funny because the writer of the article i think is actually quite sympathetic to these new right people in fact I, he was on wet brain yeah and he tries to kind of conceal it in a way but he was on wet, wet brain and I think he's like kind of down with everything they say but he does have one critique that is like a little moment that I thought oh, I'm going to call for my sister not now um, but he's like all these people are constantly talking about censorship like the thing they're really like pressed about is like censorship online they're like right wing people get silenced like this is proof of the of the like conspiracy of liberal hegemonies. Like, but the one thing they don't talk about is like the real dystopia of like American life is like policing and incarceration. And it's like, yeah, like what, what a, what a huge blind spot if you're trying to talk about authoritarianism and you can't talk about like the astronomical prison population. And it's like, the answer to that is very simple. Right. And it's like, it's just, most of these people are like middle-class but white people who like don't yes. think about that at all. Yes, and want media careers. And want media careers and the world they live is online. So they're like, oh, there's there's a liberal conspiracy like keeping me from sharing my views. And and once you like scratch at the surface, it's like, man, like I can't take you seriously if you're not gonna talk about like real subjugation and like totally. real oppression of like, you know, people getting put into prison yes. more than in any other country in the world. Um so that's another thing. And then another thing I was going to say is, and I think this is true as well, I think that it seems to me like a movement that politically won't achieve any of these like populist aims. But it will have like 
bad kind of um, results or it will have like bad side effects. And I think the one thing that will actually end up being like it's I think it's only legacy, like the only thing that it will actually like make an effect on the world is that it has this like it's like kind of mainstreaming transphobia, essentially. Like, I think that's the only, because those are the only things that can actually be, like, legislated on. Like, you can't, in this country, you can't, like, legislate for, like, you know, a bigger social safety net. Yeah. But you can, like, legislate essentially on, like, more. Boom, that's a win. An easy win. It's an easy win, and I think it's the only thing that it will produce. I really don't see it producing anything else. And it's true that in these circles, and the article names it, it's like, these people are, like, obsessed with trans people. Like, it's, like, a recurring yeah. Trope. Yeah. Um, and I think it seems to me like, and I'll say one last thing, which is I think another reason why the movement seems like kind of weak to me is like precisely the fact that that the things it wants anyone can agree on. I'm like, I think it it makes it a, a toothless movement. Like I think Trump was powerful because he said shit that was like really like kind of violent and edgy, and it made it like kind of a thing you had to commit to. But I am just like anyone can agree that one person should be able to, you know, should be able to raise a family. And like, that's not a, that's not a, a fire political movement. Yeah. You need to get the spice out. You need to say yeah. something not everyone can agree on. Right. Right. Yes. Well, I, w- I was going to say, you got to name big time enemies. You got to name like big players as enemies. And what, what was cool about Trump is he like, yes, he named media, big media as an enemy but he was also like he named people in the republican party as right enemy. Yes. and that was really fire and i think a lot of people responded to that totally and that's kind of cool people love it in america when you with you see politicians like ho- like holding the powerful like to the heat of the flame you know what i mean and maybe what obviously it's it's cool for jd vance to be like yeah we we're fighting the cathedral or whatever the big media conspiracies but yeah i agree too that like i don't know if that's a good enough enemy you know it's miss it's it's a misplaced it's misplaced analysis and then to combine that with something universal like yeah everyone should be able to own a home or whatever you know or raise a family on one income yeah so there you go the new right You've Boom. just been destroyed. Destroyed. You've just been destroyed by Raisin Man in one of the funniest half-hour endings <laughs> to the episode we've ever had. Um, I do need to pee. Can I pee for a second? Please. How you guys doing? Now I'm now I'm just like a single guy Twitch streamer. What's up? Talk, say something in the chat. I'll turn on Dark Souls. You can watch me play for a little while. Uh, I was having, I was feeling really shitty when the uh, when the episode started, and now I'm feeling in a better mood. We'll see what happens once the episode's over. Oh shit! I just we just lost three viewers. Ah, man, I didn't know Sam was so well liked. If you're in the chat, fire off. Give me some company while Sam's peeing. Let's see what's kind of interesting. Uh, my sister called me twice. Let me ask her what's going on. I'm going to say something going on. Uh, Let's see. Where are people listening from? Where's the farthest anyone? uh, Any thoughts on Chappelle getting tackled? Dude, Chappelle got tackled. Really? (laughs) Or no, someone like rushed the stage, but but then... 
but then the security guards sounds like saved this him. guy got tackled not Chappelle. that's yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah sounds like this guy got tackled uh do i have any thoughts no do i have Sh- any thoughts the whole Chappelle thing was like a real as a comedian like it really passed me by like i don't think i really i don't i never watched his new really? specials oh no so i thought you meant his his Chappelle show when we were oh, younger yeah no 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 no, his new specials I haven't watched, and so all the controversies that he creates in like the media and particularly like, the comedy world, I like don't really have great opinions about because I'm like, I don't feel particularly interested to watch his specials. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm again. It's like back to this Gabby thing where like, am I actually like a person who knows a lot about comedy? I wouldn't be able to like talk about it for a long time because it's like, the, when major major comedians like drop stuff, I'm like. That's not the stuff I'm kind of... It's not the world I'm really in anyways. I was talking to Carly the other day and she was like, you know this? She was like name dropping like stand-ups. And I was like, I'm so out of this yeah. world. Like I used to love stand-up comedy. Yes. I'm just fully out of it but now. But now when the Daron Max Hagee yeah, Connecticut the, movie comes out. I've been waiting for that dropping. for weeks, bro. It's out. Been, I know. Well, they've been... It first appeared on my timeline like three or four weeks ago when they were talking about having made it. And now I'm like... Bro, release it. Dude, it played release it. it. Release the, the documents. It played at the Eternal Family show that we were at. Yeah, but we arrived both in the LA one and in the New York one. I had to arrive late because really? I was at another show. I think I saw it playing. Uh, yeah, I think you might have been outside. Well, I missed it. Either way, I'm going to see it today. But it, wasn't, it was like a hard uh, screening environment. It's kind of hard to hear. Do do not bring that up. <laughs> no, 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 do not, not bring a, that up. I'm talking about the non plus ultra <laughs> one. It was a good. It was a good screening environment. I'm so sorry. It was a good screening environment. I'm tripping. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, we're gonna watch it right after this. It's so hard to be in so many different micro scenes. I'm not even. As I said, I'm so, like, I'm not so even hard. in that. It's so <laughs> that hard. doesn't even describe <laughs> me. Um, but yeah, there's a lot to know about. I got to learn about designers and now I got to learn about stand-up comedians again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If only there was a way we could mix them together. That's why you got to have friends tell you about stuff, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. 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 Bring you to, yeah. now we got to learn about DJs and little micro genres of dance music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. That's another thing I'm, I'm, I need to learn a lot more about yeah. if I'm going to keep this Gabby girl. <laughs> Oh, now, now you say girlfriend reveal. Oh, I've said her name before. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, here. Well, my girlfriend, her name is Adobe Animate. <laughs> and coffee. Ah! I have a question about animation, Felipe. Please. Yeah. You know, the podcast is ending, so Sam's just going to ask me the kinds of stuff he asks <laughs> during the day <laughs> when he's like, I <laughs> just computer asked me to troubleshoot problems. Pe- people say, like, when they're like, oh, you. You animate? What do you animate on? After Effects? And I'm like, no, bro. I animate on Animate. Yeah. What can? You, what the fuck can you do on After Effects? But then I guess there's ways to animate on After Effects where you're like, you're not drawing, but you like animate objects right. to move and yeah. stuff like that. Is that what After Effects is better for? Yeah. I mean, the best, I would say that Animate is good for sort of drawing right on it. Yeah. Um because it handles vectors. I think the thing that After Effects does better is handle bitmaps, mm. pixels. Mm-hmm. So you can animate objects, yeah. You can rig things, and it like manipulates pixels better than 
animate does. But the downside of that is that After Effects is it's not like Photoshop where you can grab the brush tool and draw in each frame. Yes. You have to create these bitmap assets elsewhere and then bring them into After Effects. In fact, I've never found After Effects to be a great tool for animation. There are people who use it for animation. Like that's where they animate. But the downside of After Effects is that because it needs to render everything before you watch it, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to get really fast feedback on movement and stuff Mm. like that. Um, But there are people who animate on After Effects. This guy, Syriac, have you ever seen his stuff? Mm -mm. I think he animates on After Effects. Syriac. Yeah. He does like, he does a lot of stuff with bitmaps and like pictures like morphing and stuff and you couldn't really do that on animate. I have Syriac's disease. Just a yeah, joke. I like um, that. Syriac. I'm look <laughs> I was later. like, he's trying to do a little comedy silence. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Look him up. But um, so yeah, I think that's kind of the answer to that. Yeah, but now you can kind of do rigging on animate. You can. Yes. Is you it? Can. But it's is it still easier on After Effects? What's your opinion on rigging? I think you can rig on both. But again, like After Effects. I don't know. I, you know, honestly, I don't really use rigging tools very much on either. So yeah. I wouldn't be able to speak to that. Um, but again, like the sort of drawing tools are a lot more sturdy on animate. Yes. And After Effects is just like a clunkier software. Yes. To kind of animate straight on. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny too, because when I was learning how to animate, I remember I would do these like Adobe tutorials that Adobe has when you buy the software. They're like, oh, check out these tutorials. And the tutorials and tools they have you using are shit that I never use. Like today. what? What tools? Like they were like, they were like, oh, let's like, you know, create an object, like a little circle using the circle tool yeah, and then like learn how to like parent it to a different, uh, another object. And now you have like this, this character that's filled with like circles and squares and stuff and it's parented. And it's like, I, I don't, I don't make animations that look like that, that look like people with like ellipse characters that are built from like ellipses and stuff. But it's, I guess it's just funny that that's what they have you doing because they assume that's, the type of animation you're going to do or something like that. Or maybe that's just like what the tools, what the complicated tools where they reside. So they want to teach you that stuff. But I like, I just draw mostly, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think what's cool about software is it will have a lot of different functions. And then depending on how you want to work on it, you'll learn like a little Island. Yes. Or like a little set of those functions. Yes. I think it's good to know them all though. I like, in, I've made different animations where I use different kinds of tools, you know? Yeah. Sometimes I rarely use parenting and sometimes I use it. Sometimes I make characters out of ellipses. Yeah. Sometimes I don't. Um, it's true. Yeah, software just wants you to learn bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Animate wants you to learn all the dumb. I mean, they always come up with new, like, features that you're like, I'm not going to use this. Totally. Totally. Well, I, it reminds me a lot of... Um, those lessons, those, uh, the anatomy lessons that you turned me on to uh-huh. where the guy's like teaching you they're like, so basically in short, it's basically 250 lessons that comprise 90 hours in total where this guy 
walks you through every step of how to draw like every bone in the human body and yeah. then like every muscle. These are fire. They're called the structure of man. The structure of man. And I've done some of them and they are fire. They are cool. And, but he has this like teaching style where he's like, I don't want to overwhelm your brain with information. So we're going to do things in little bits. And you can see all these points where he's like holding back, where he's like, for now, just think of the arm as this like one line. We're going to double click into it later and like learn more about it. But for now, I don't want to overwhelm your mind with information because we're focusing on something else. And I thought, oh, that's a perfect way to think about learning. It's like, yes, I don't want to do my mind to be overwhelmed in one little lesson. And I often feel that way about trying to learn software tools where it's like you can really easily become overwhelmed by all the bells and whistles and gadgets and... No, someone needs to just step you through and be like, no, 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 this is actually really simple. Most of this stuff, you don't need to know what it does. And if you all, and if you do ever, you can like click on it and, and Google it or whatever. But just think of this as actually a really simple tool, even though the interface looks really complex. Yeah. I think that's the move. I think yeah. it's especially true of Adobe Animate. Yes. We're on hour and a half. <laughs> okay, cool. It's not that I don't like what yeah, you're yeah, saying. Yeah, no, I totally. Could, I could double click on that, but... um. Let's get started with our fucking day. Totally. Am I right? All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, sorry that we didn't answer your question, Codbangers. What was the first animation you guys ever made? It was called... Um, oh, it had a very weird name. Oh, no. The first animation I ever made was on this software called Macromedia Director, which was like a precursor of Flash, and it was a Lord of the Rings parody. Really? Yeah. Does it still exist somewhere? No. It's lost to the sands of time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was this really like epic Lord of the Rings parody I made. Cool. Yeah. The first animation I ever made was a sketch about two people in an audience of a theater talking. Is it online? It's online. You can find it online. Yeah. See, Sam has Sam has been making animation for a short amount enough of time that right that everything still exists in yeah. the media archive. Yeah. A short enough amount of time. I said a short enough. I said a short amount enough of time. It's beautiful to watch you learn the English <laughs> language in real time. <laughs> All right, guys. Bye. Peace. Raisin Man Arena.